Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 27 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along through the last few episodes of the show. For those who happen to be listening in for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history-style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these particular projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. These are the types of projects you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound. And in this episode, all of them were produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in Comms 4501, Digital Media Production, which is a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. Before we listen to the projects, I want to take a moment to work through a couple of quick notes. The first is about a local community engagement project titled Urban Imaginaries, a collaboration between Carleton University's School of Industrial Design, the Communication and Media Studies program, and Ottawa Coffeehouse Arlington 5. The project's aim is to reimagine the city, what it is, what it does, and who we are as the individuals and communities that inhabit it. It does so through a series of in-person events such as workshops, public walks, and episodes of this very radio show. Through February and March, The Place of Sound featured a series of three specially produced episodes, showcasing the sound-based compositions and the research of others. The first of which was guest-hosted by Vancouver-based sound artist Helena Krobath, and featured her newest soundscape composition titled Sea Readings or a Watery Grave. The second of which featured a guest interview with communication and media studies professor Dr. Tracy Lorio and was on the topic of scent cartographies. And the third episode was guest hosted by sound studies professor at Simon Fraser University, Dr. Milena Drumova, and featured an exploration of sound and urban livability. The Urban Imaginaries project has definitely covered a lot of ground so far, but there are still a couple of events that remain. Notably, there's the Urban Imaginaries Festival, which will be held alongside the Arlington Art Market on Saturday, May 7th. Arlington at Bank Street in front of Arlington 5 will be closed to automobile traffic for much of the morning and into the afternoon. The street festival will feature the work of a host of local artists. There'll be games, activities, events, and performances 
and it'll also showcase the work produced in association with the Urban Imaginaries project. And there'll also be free coffee and tea for the first 200 people. So we hope to see you there. To learn more about the festival and the project more broadly, check out urbanimaginaries.com or follow along on Instagram using the handle at urbanimaginaries. And the second note is about a new documentary podcast series produced by Megan Linton, an Ottawa-based researcher and disability justice activist. The series is called Invisible Institutions, and it explores the injustices of large-scale state institutions and their effects on those who are labeled with intellectual and developmental disabilities. The following is a trailer for the program, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more about the series at invisibleinstitutions.com. Where did you work? I worked in the laundry. In the laundry. Under the auspices of training programs, employers can legally pay people with intellectual and developmental disabilities pennies an hour. Did you get paid? 70 cents. 70 cents a day? Every two weeks. Every two weeks, he got 70 cents. Yeah. Introducing Invisible Institutions, a new documentary podcast exploring the horrors of large-scale state institutions for people labeled with intellectual and developmental disabilities in Canada. The host and creator, Megan Linton, is a researcher and disability justice activist investigating the unreported and invisibilized horrors of the institutional system. Join her on her journey to the grounds of current and former institutions, including interviews with survivors, community activists, and experts, as they work together to expose the exploitation, isolation, resistance, and survival facing people labeled with disabilities. These are real stories that are impacting every single day when someone makes a call and says, we have a bed for you. We don't have a home for you, we have a bed for you. Find Invisible Institutions wherever you get your podcasts, coming February 2022. Okay, on to the projects. In this episode, we'll listen to an audio portrait, a soundscape composition, and an audio documentary. Three projects in total. The first project is an audio portrait by Victor Hewitt titled Home Through Family and Friends. The piece consists of an interview between Victor and his friend Maddie, who talks about her experiences of home. For Maddie, home is not just a space to live in, but a space that's shared with others. The second project is a captivating soundscape composition by Sophie Doyle titled The Safety of Noise. In it, Sophie shares with us an intimate story, one where she describes her own experiences of homelessness living in her small car in Halifax. In so doing, Sophie thoughtfully brings us into the moments that she spent in her car, showing us how she listened 
by commenting on what sound meant to her in those difficult moments. This is an excellent piece and I'm very pleased to present it on this episode. And the final project is an audio documentary by Thomas Puta titled, The Grass is Always Greener. This is another fantastic piece in which Thomas explores the difficulties he faced growing up in a small town and his experience is moving to Ottawa as a young adult. It's a really well-written and well-delivered monologue that's reflexive, thoughtful, and also full of wonder and hope. This piece offers a glimpse into who Thomas was and who he's become as a result of the place-based relationships he's cultivated throughout his life. Okay, let's begin with Victor's audio portrait, titled Home Through Family and Friends. Victor, over to you. This is Victor Hewitt, and this is my throw about fellow student Manny McCready. This audio portrait goes into detail about Maddie's past, present, and future definitions of home, in which she dis- which she discusses home as uh, the people she is surrounded by, and not actual shelter. Maddie recently came back from a trip to Alberta, and travel means a lot to her in which she also talks about in the audio portrait and I'll let you take a listen enjoy for me home is less about the space that I'm in and more about the people that I'm living in it with I'm from a big blended family and so when I was at one house it was a million people running around I've got a lot of siblings and then when I was at the other home I have a nurse for a mom and so I was home alone by myself so there's two different types of homes that I had I definitely had parents who cared for me, but I feel like it was two different worlds, having to share everything at one house and then having basically a house to myself very young. At my dad's house with all my different siblings, it was always, home for me always looked like something to do. I had a lot of people surrounding me with always like good memories, Um, but it was also a lot. I shared a room. I had no space to myself. And so my favorite memory at my mom's was just being able to go and have a place that was my own. Well, right now I'm moving back to Ottawa, and so home looks like a bunch of cardboard boxes. But when I was out living in Alberta, I had six roommates. And so it looked a little bit more like my dad's house when I was growing up. Um, Definitely a lot going on. I had no space to myself, and so like making myself a corner to go settle down in and not have anyone intruding was very important for me to be able to feel like I was at home. I did feel very isolated because I did feel overwhelmed at first with having so many people living in my apartment. Um, And so I tried to make as much time for myself to be alone. I was reading and doing whatever by myself and not engaging in kind of the social life there. But I think that's one of the main reasons why a lot of people go out there in the first place. And so I felt really isolated for the first few months away from home because I I didn't recognize that I needed that social aspect, both, both of those worlds to come kind of together for me to feel at home. And so part of making sure that I feel at home is going and engaging with my friends, my siblings, making sure that there's people around. Because for me, I, I realize now that home wasn't one of the two houses. It was a combination of both of those worlds, having that time to myself and also that social component with the people that I live with. So either going to visit my other house, going to see my family or my friends that I haven't been able to see all summer, rekindling those kind of social relationships that I had before, or because my home, I guess, was all these people all across Ottawa. It wasn't necessarily just my family everyone's kind of gone off and they've grown up and they're doing their own lives, but making sure that I make time for my siblings because they were so important to me. So important to me. 
I make sure that I go see them. Home in the future definitely means applying what I learned from growing up from the two different houses because they were so drastically different. Making sure that I have my own space is super important, but also incorporating people, my family into it. I mean, I can move across Canada and go make myself a little corner, but if I don't incorporate the people that I love into it, it's not going to be home. At 17, silence felt unsafe. It felt like taking a chance with insanity. I was living in my car and every night, I went through the routine of making noise so I didn't have to feel so alone. This is a sound composition of what one of those nights were like. You have reached 9028410066. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, um, it's Sophie. Uh, I just wanted to chat, so if you could give me a call back when you get a chance, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Love you. Bye. often loathe the existence of noise. It's seen as a disturbance, completely unneeded. However, at a point in my life, noise felt like a survival tactic. At 17, I started living in my car. I had once grown up in a noisy house, and it was constantly filled with the sounds of family and friends. This new lack of sound symbolized to me what had become absent from my life, and how that meant being alone. I had become very familiar with the parking lots in my area. It was there that I would start my routine of making noise. I would play music throughout the night and would let the car run despite the risk of it going dead. It almost felt like if there was noise, I could pretend I was safe and that I was just an old teenager. Eventually, it would get late. I would be struggling to keep my eyes open. It was then I had to face what I had been avoiding, the quiet of the night.
Silence made it feel like time stood still. It was the creeping reminder of my isolation. I begged my body to allow me to rest, knowing that sleep would relinquish me from the fear that the quiet had brought. My alarm felt like a safe haven. It was the first noise of the day, the very first of many to come, and those noises meant that I was safe. Hi, my name is Thomas Puda. I'm a fourth year student at Carleton University. This project was very cathartic for me as I revisited some thoughts and spaces I hadn't really been in for years now. I think this is the most personal project I've created during the semester, and I hope you enjoy. The first time I remember planning out my life was a rainy day in grade 8. I had recently come out against my better judgment, but I was pressured because, of course, everyone knew before me. Despite the rain, we were told to go outside, and I sat with two friends on benches surrounded by gorgeous trees. We just happened to be beside a basketball court, and when one of the boys threw their ball at me, I barely managed to dodge it. Sadly, this was not a pass. Unless you're meant to aim passes at the back of someone's head while they're not looking. When I told the boy to watch it, I was instantly met with all of the gay slurs he could come up with. I remember running away to another part of the school, sitting in the rain. I cried to my friends how I had never fit in and how much of a freak I had become. That's when my life became extremely calculated. I needed a plan. I had to escape. It was simple enough. Go to a good high school, university in a distant city, then true happiness. Living in a smaller place, there's only so much you can do. Go to the movies, go to a chain restaurant, park in random spots, just talking about how you're going to get out eventually. It was expectable. Simple, easy, and repetitive. I worked so hard for my dreams, I got tunnel vision. I had great grades. I was in multiple clubs and teams. Teachers loved me. When I finally got to where I wanted to be, when I finally left and came to Ottawa, I froze. 
I'd always envied the endless opportunities and options of the city. The sheer amount of people and moments were supposed to allow me to finally be who I wanted. I was so used to following my path that once I had to just exist, I was terrified. When I first arrived, I pushed myself to go out and drink and party and live. But I couldn't handle it. The chaos and the unpredictability. I shut myself in completely. Coming here made me realize that dreams are so much more romantic than reality. I envied the freedom, but given so many choices, I found myself nauseous. I was so focused for so long on where I wanted to be, who I wanted to become, how I wanted to be seen, that I forgot to figure out what I actually liked about myself. Ottawa made me confront that. It's harder to hide when the space is so tight and packed with people. You're constantly reminded of memories that everyone is experiencing, and I couldn't bring myself to even move. I remember lying in bed my first year in the dark, unable to get up, so numb just listening to the world outside my door. Time kept ticking whether I was going to be in the moment or not, so I built this space in my mind. I had already been there for years. Just like my dreams, I could control everything. I imagined myself walking around campus confidently, smiling and waving, going to parties and bars and talking to strangers, dancing on a dance floor for once and not caring what people would say about me. I got lost in that space in my mind. I almost couldn't leave. The dreaming began to consume me and everyone in my life seemed to notice, except for me, of course. It took me a long time to confront myself. With COVID and working summers in a small restaurant back home, I realized I was so different between the two places. So confident and relaxed in my hometown, yet so anxious and overwhelmed in the city. Why did the smell of trees and the sound of the brush in the wind calm me down so much? Why did the reality of something I worked so hard for shake me to my core? I finally didn't feel like the only gay person. Finally felt like I wasn't alone. I was surrounded by people, too many people. But I wasn't a pariah. I wasn't the little boy who had his tooth smashed by bullies. Yet I felt more meek and scared than I ever had in my life. Now I see the city as a chance to change and grow and to make memories. Yet a chance I must remind myself I can't control. A real moment I can't dream of and ponder and plan. Reality is scary sometimes. It's not the gentle sounds of leaves in the wind at night.
there's not hidden lakes and repetitive chain restaurants. It's not peace, it's life. Life is going to keep moving and getting louder and changing whether I decide to just listen to it or if I decide to make the noise. I can be the voices I hear laughing and growing and learning. I don't have to just observe or imagine. I can participate. And while I often find myself yearning for the quiet and the peace of home, I know I'll always be lucky for what the city has shown me and how it's made me grow. The saying you can't grow in your safe space is true. I didn't have to learn to love or even like myself back home, and I didn't. I loved the thought of who I was going to become, but that's not enough. I'm endlessly thankful for the people I've met and memories I've made. I don't even know who I'd be today if I had never left. I guess all I can do is try my hardest to live in the now and less in my head. I have to accept that the scared kid inside me will always be there. I just have to accept him. very much for tuning in to this episode of the place of sound but before i sign off a couple of quick notes a reminder that what we've listened to here on this show is only a fraction of the work produced in association with this project if you're interested in checking out more have a look at theplaceofsound.ca where you're not only able to hear this audio work, but also see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with the audio. There's also a featured work section on the site's blog where you can access some notable individual projects. And in the classes section, you can have a look into the portfolio websites designed by students themselves, which host every project produced in the course. And lastly, under the listen link, you're able to access the show's archive and listen back to any episode of the show you'd like to hear. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show, which air on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.